In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Isaiah has a remarkable vision in our first reading this Sunday. I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne. But after that, Isaiah doesn't actually tell us any further description of what the Lord looked like. Rather, he says that the train of his garment filled the temple. Isaiah was in the temple in Jerusalem, but the Lord God was so massive that the ends of his garments, the Hebrew word actually means skirt, filled up the place and covered the floor. We're not told how many seraphim were stationed around the Lord God in the temple, but in the ancient Near East, it was very common for two attendants to be stationed on either side of the king to serve as protection, like what you'll see in Egyptian hieroglyphics. These seraphim speak to each other as they are stationed around the Lord God and say, holy, holy, holy. In ancient Hebrew, the words more and most didn't really exist. Rather, if I wanted to say that someone was taller than me, which wouldn't be saying much, I would say that he was tall, tall. I'd repeat the word twice. Now, if I wanted to say that someone was the most tall, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I would say that he was tall, tall, tall. So that's what the seraphim are saying to each other. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. You'll recognize their words because we say or sing them at every Mass just before the consecration of the Eucharist. Paul is getting back to basics in our passage from the first letter to the Corinthians. He's reminding the Christians there of what he once preached to them. Notice how in the first two verses, there's a past, a present, and a future tense. Listen, the gospel, which you indeed received, and in which you also stand, and through it, you are also being saved. Paul spends a portion of this excerpt by listing moments when Jesus appeared resurrected. Some of the gospel accounts tell us that women were the first to witness this resurrection, yet Paul doesn't make any mention of them. Why? Well, it could be because in the Jewish culture of Paul's day, only the testimony of men was accepted as valid. Paul also includes himself in the list of those who saw Jesus in his resurrected form, yet he describes himself as one born abnormally. Our translation at Mass chooses the word abnormally, but the Greek word, ektroma, means something more like aborted, or, or better yet, stillborn. Paul describes himself in this way because, as you'll remember, he spent the first portion of his life persecuting the church. Then, when he had his conversion on the road to Damascus, it was for him as if he then came to life. He had been born, but not really alive, until he was brought to life through meeting Jesus. When we consider our gospel this weekend, taken from the fifth chapter of Luke, it's helpful to remember that in the previous chapter, Jesus had visited Peter's mother-in-law and cured her of a fever. So when Jesus gets into the boat belonging to Peter and asks him to put out a short distance from the shore, Simon Peter probably saw this as the least he could do for Jesus after the miraculous cure of his family member. Simon Peter and his co-workers were mending their nets at the time, showing us that they finished up a long night's work. Fishing was most commonly done in Galilee at night, and then the nets were cleaned in the morning, something that took several hours to do so. For someone who caught nothing all night, as Peter had done, it would be a demoralizing task. Yet Jesus then instructs Peter to lower his nets for a catch, and a miraculous catch of fish ensues. Some read this story and say that perhaps Jesus simply saw a shoal of fish which Peter didn't see, but Peter's incredulous response, and the response of the other fishermen as well, seems to negate that naturalistic reading of the story. The story concludes with Simon Peter, James, and John leaving everything to follow Jesus. In Matthew and Mark, these first disciples get up and follow Jesus only at a word of his invitation. 
come, follow me. Yet here, Luke shows that the disciples follow Jesus after he had already cured Simon's mother-in-law and a bunch of other people, and then after he had also preached and also after provided this catch of fish. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.